0: You're listening to Version Control, Pound and Grain's digital news show. It's obvious that a 20-year-old's Facebook experience differs greatly from that of a 65-year-old's. But what's even trickier to crack is how a teenager and a millennial who are only a couple years apart from each other are using social platforms completely differently. That's because gone are the days of one size fits all social media solutions. We now have to find our target's glass slipper.
1: Social media offers different opportunities for different generations. We know that Gen Z and millennials are spending more time on Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube while Gen X and baby boomers mainly use Facebook and are still watching television. But what's more notable than the difference in platforms that these generations use is how they use them differently.
0: While all of these platforms are still considered social media, Gen Z is the least interested in using them to be social. Instead of checking in with what their friends are up to, they're looking to be entertained, and not just by anything either. Sure, video, GIFs, and memes are loved by many, but this generation also has very specific interests that differ from person to person. They're looking for content that is curated specifically for them, by brands and creators who they know and trust. And they're quick to click off of anything that doesn't fit within this criteria.
1: That's because more than ever, people are looking to brands to represent themselves. So that mission statement that everybody rolls their eyes at, it matters a lot. 64% of consumers now identify as belief-driven buyers and are looking to follow and shop brands whose purpose and stance on social issues align with their own.
0: Some brands have caught on to this trend and are using influencers and creators that they know their audiences love and trust. For example, Sephora used popular online beauty gurus in their holiday campaign last year. And Adidas has recognized the importance of creativity and the powers of creators in all kinds of domains with their new Game Plan A project. Or look at the increase in YouTubers who are getting cameos in roles in Hollywood films like Flula Borg in Pitch Perfect 2, or this year's Fahrenheit 451 with Lily Singh.
1: So, how can we as marketers keep up? A good place to start would be investing time in research to understand the nuances of these audience segmentations and uncover who your audience is watching, reading, and following. Then, create content with an audience-first mindset. People are selective about which brand's values they align with, and the future of digital and entertainment lies in understanding that. So if you can't earn your audience's trust on your own, look to those who already have.
0: Version Control presents, episode 34, The Shift in Social.
2: Guys, this is really exciting. We're back for another edition of the podcast. Are you pumped?
0: Heck yeah. Heck yeah.
1: Heck yeah.
2: That's resounding. Four out of four people are really pumped here at the, uh, <laughs> the uh, a Pound of Grain podcasting studio. Uh, I'm here with our usual collection of uh, smart people. Ivana. Hello. Mark. What up, people? And Nick. <laughs> Hi. And I'm Jackson Murphy. And we have a fifth interloper here who's pretending he's not here, but he's, he's in the background producing, Mr. Scott Lou.
0: He's the George Martin.
2: Yeah. Amongst other things. Yeah. Sometimes you should be able to hear him in the background, like in a good radio show. The producer kind of like yeah. mwah, 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 mwah. chimes in. That's Scott. Yeah.
0: Also, I just realized that that was like, did anyone know who George Martin was? Since this is a millennial themed podcast, Gen
2: Z themed no. podcast.
0: Nobody knows who
2: that is. A <laughs> uh, producer says that no one knows that reference, so we will be deleting that. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> According yeah. to
3: Google. <laughs>
2: yeah. I actually found, not not to get us off track, but we are going to be talking about Gen Zs and marketing. But I did, I was listening to a podcast last night, and a, this is really random, but a baseball player who's already retired, uh, a millennial, probably a millennial, I think he's probably like 40 or something like that, pitched for the Chicago Cubs. A, a Vancouver boy, a local Canadian boy, Ryan Dempster. But he does a really great... Um, uh, impression of Harry Carey, the uh, old Chicago Cubs um, play-by-play announcer. Cubs win. Cubs win. <laughs> yeah. So he was doing the, he was doing his Harry Carey, so famous, like famous broadcaster. But as they were talking, like they were coming to the conclusion that like almost anyone listening to the podcast under a certain age would have no idea what they were talking about because <laughs> it's just like there's not that reverence for some nostalgia stuff if you if you never there for it
0: well I, I might disagree because of just the internet in general or you know maybe just the wor- the way the world works because i should have no idea who harry Carey is really for a lot of reasons but i do because of will farrell
2: exactly he was he was he was parodied and then people know the parody more than the real thing but the real thing was so much of a parody of itself
0: right it's a cross-pollinization of information <laughs> yeah! Wow,
3: he's got some hair going on there. Holy smokes!
0: Have you never seen? The, I've the never seen
3: the Will Ferrell Harry Carey sketch in I my think life.
0: It is the one thing, probably, uh, in the world that could, no matter where I am, you no know, matter how I'm feeling, it could just like crack me up.
1: I've seen it, but I didn't know who it was in
0: reference to. Oh my god, it's funny. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, that's interesting. Well, so here was the hot take that transitioned from. Ryan Dempster, Harry Carey, people not knowing who they are. The hot take to start us all off is, are Gen Zs just the same as Millennials? Because Millennials had the same problem. They didn't know anything about what came before. Sorry, Millennials. And I'm looking at them in <laughs> no, the room. Nothing came before us. <laughs> <laughs> nothing came before you guys. Uh, so how do you think, or do you think, that, that there's a difference between these two generations? Or are they basically the same, just older are younger than Millennials.
0: Go. Well, first of all, do, who of us knows a Gen Z person? I, I actually don't know a lot, but there's like, I know a lot of babies and then a lot of Millennials. Okay. No so, Gen Zs. They don't exist. Yeah. Case closed. They just don't exist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be theorizing a little bit here. But one thing is certain that um, there's no way that they would be the same as Millennials. Um, they're on different ends of the spectrum, as it were. Here's a fun fact i am a millennial but am (laughs) i really yeah even though i'm old but um are all of my opinions and or the way that i was raised and my, my formative years would they be the same as ivana's
3: no because i think we grew up with i mean more with like devices in our hands and and access to the internet i mean when i was a kid i was like playing on Encarta and, like, the Aladdin game on, like, Windows 95 or whatever. But, um, Ivana, you're, what, four or five years younger than me?
1: Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah 95. So, so you had
3: the internet probably since you can remember.
1: I do remember a time without. Okay. Um, But most of my childhood, yeah, like, I was able to go on the internet.
0: Right, and, like, high speed, too, I guess, at a pretty good point. I mean... <laughs> so back to Jackson's question, you are about 10 years younger than me. So our experiences would be incredibly different and therefore the way that we view the world would be different. So there's no way that millennials and Gen Z could really Mm -hmm. be the same.
2: I I guess only if you think that the defining characteristic of a human being is whether they had access to digital their entire life or it came to them partway through. Because that just doesn't, I don't know if that's an, I guess my hot take is how, I don't know if that's that much different.
0: The way that we um, would consume and or create media would be different.
1: I think that's the big differentiating factor because back in the day when there was just cable and just movies, everyone God, in that certain... God, so great. List, <laughs> I know, but people in, in chunks of like different age groups were all kind of consuming the same thing. But nowadays, there's so much choice. There's so many platforms. Gen Z are using platforms, some of them that I don't even know of. Um, so of course we're all going to be consuming very different niche things, um, and looking to different digital ways to consume that.
3: And I think it's like the speed too, in which you get it, like it's so much faster now and it's so much more accessible that I think Gen Z, I think their attention span is like just half of, of millennials too. Right. So that changes absolutely everything. And if we're always all on our phones all the time, like even as millennials now, like our, we're still used to waiting for things. Like we can, we can deal with having to wait for stuff and I don't think they can, which like changes absolutely everything.
2: I expect Nick to jump in here with a dire prediction of the state of mankind.
1: <laughs> Nick on instant gratification, go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Read a book, <laughs> you Gen Zers. Read a dang book with paper. No, actually, I don't think that any new generation um, really creates problems necessarily. They don't ruin anything. They just change things. So I I don't think that, um, I think that if it's true that attention spans are becoming smaller or shorter, then that will just lead to a whole host of new innovations that we'll create. So how's that for like a little bit of negativity and positivity all wow. wrapped into one? Nick, with the positivity, that's a change. That's crazy. Warning. Warning. It must be the lavender what is uh, happening? in the air.
2: Yeah, <laughs> full disclosure, Mark's set up in the... Po- We're in a locked room with no air conditioning. Please send help. But he's also blasting like his grandma's lavender <laughs> aromatherapy and it is intense in here and I it's thought, making us all crazy yeah. I thought it would calm us all down a little bit it's, it's making down. me on the edge <laughs> it did uh, so that and Nick forcing me to lean into a shared <laughs> microphone <laughs> like some sort of peasant <laughs>
0: well at least there's a seance sense happening
2: yeah. so. where's the candles we need candles in here That's true. we need more
3: listeners so we can have more mics and more candles <laughs> yeah. tell your friends <laughs>
2: <laughs> Venmo us <laughs>
0: here's what I think finally Finally. Gen Z, I assume, uses social media more for entertainment than we would have in the past because we had different mediums with which to consume our entertainment. And I find that I do that too, to be honest, because as a cord cutter, I don't have cable TV. I don't flip channels, but I would liken my Instagram experience often with flipping channels. It's mindless, and I don't really care about most of what I'm seeing, and I'm just scrolling.
1: I have a question because you were talking about how... Two Millennials can have a very different experience when you're scrolling through social. Is it like of friends and people's content?
0: Mm. It was more so in the past. I've it's more curated now than it used to be. It's more things that I would actually want to see Part of that is actually since we talked about the different end of the millennial spectrum that we're on no offense to all my friends who started having babies, but That is
2: boring. (laughs) They're all the same. (laughs) They all
0: look the same, and I want to be more entertained by the feed as I'm going through it. So,
2: and let's let's get to a second hot take about this because I think the key word that like I think the Gen Zs are starting to throw out is the social part, and it's more about the media because I think we were all like, oh my God, social media, and I'm saying like this, like maybe not millennials the few of us are beyond millennial and the the kind of older millennials, really social media was something new and you're like interacting and poking and liking and all that sort of stuff that seems social. Whereas now what the Gen Z seem to be doing is it's about production and consumption of media and sharing it versus like the social, it's inherently social because you're sharing it with friends or watching it on a platform but it's more about the content.
1: I think it's also like their interpretation of it being social is different. Um, social media began as, like you said, like it's between friends and people, you know, but now Gen Z is coming in where they're used to having this kind of interaction and engagement with the people they're watching, with the creators, with the influencers.
2: That's because they don't have any real life friends.
3: Yeah. Do you think that's what it is? They're just over having real life friends? No. Are you sure? It's it's, like, a,
2: it's a sweeping generalization, but like maybe like
3: But because it's more like accessible to them, they don't really care as much. Like that was the the new novel maybe thing. Maybe they for just us.
1: Don't care about checking in with what they're doing online. Because like you just, can at any it's point. It's not entertaining. Just, they yeah. ha- they have higher standards of what they want to be entertained by.
3: Right. So I guess maybe like their social network is more like texting or like messaging people on like facebook messenger or something like that's how they check in with people whereas like us and definitely not
2: facebook or whatever they
3: whatever they do what's that other one snapchat that 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 thing
2: that's still a thing
3: i don't know instagram dms that's i think that's how they probably communicate with each other and like catch up and stuff if they ever need to do that whereas anything that's like curated and on their feed is more brands and things that they entertainment things that they want to consume
0: a few years ago, there was a lot of talk about uh, how an individual user could create, make a brand of themselves. And now it seems that most Gen Z take that for granted. All, if you look at their feeds, and it's all pictures of themselves. No matter what they're doing or where they are or what they're talking about, the photo is has of to themselves. Be of
3: them, yeah. Yeah, I've come across a few of those counts.
0: They're at somebody's wedding. It's like, congratulations, Mike and Stacy," But the picture is of them. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Great trip to Greece. Just a picture of them. So they, we're creating you know, narcissistic people. I mean, yes. Children. That small, ship small, small. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. In our, like, with uh, short, atten- with oh. short attention spans. No, no doubt about that. But more so, it's just that it's, it's all taken for granted now. It's not right. like... The conversation is so that's the that's the code we have to crack
2: well yeah i think to like bring about... it back to like how do we you how do we present creative and ideas to this generation i don't know what why i was saying at the top about like how different are they is like in the 20 or 30 articles i read about them it all seemed to boil down to some of the same key things that kind of like drive millennial behavior that like whatever Screen is a screen size or environment that's dominant to that group is kind of where you have to reach them because, you know, I think like millennials are probably still straddling the fences between screens versus like Gen Zs where it's clearly the the mobile being dominant over all else. Mm. Like maybe there's some other ones in there, and then two like whether it's a millennial or Gen Z, it still seems to to be about them. Whether the Gen Zs are selfie driven, or if that's over, like Kim Kardashian says that the selfie's over, and it's been in decline since 2013. Isn't that when she came out with her book? Well, she was was at peak selfie. She killed selfies. Gave the book, and then it's been on a steady decline since then, but because they're probably in the same boat as, um, you know, you see everyone's feed, and it's the 100 million different pictures of themselves, it's not very interesting content to consume, so... How do you respect the time that you have? So I think like core principles, it's still the screen. It's all about them. So how do you engage them? And, you know, I think lots of brands that are succeeding and why YouTube is like the number one channel for the Gen Zers is that some of that discussion over being able to interact with someone who's maybe not a real-life friend, but that is, like, the host or the personality that they can actually, like... Oh, I'm, it's like you know them. Like, who are those Paul kids? Like, yeah, the Paul kids. Yeah, like, you, their fans feel like they're, like, part of their lives. Right. And then they can extend that brand. So I think the principles don't seem to be that much different. It's the nuances of what's the screen and platform? How do they want to be, like, you know, corded from brands and reacted to because they all want it to be about them and i think that's that's no different than baby boomers in the 80s it was about them every generation is about them we're all selfish yeah inherently but it's just a then how do you communicate to that selfishness and you know pepper in some of the things that increasingly from baby boomers down to millennials to gen z's it's about them but they want to do the social responsibility stuff and and be interested in ideas that matter and 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 that sort of thing so
0: it sounds like if if that's the way you know if that's the code cracked right there then as to uh mark's earlier point uh it's just things are going to move very quickly so just have to be very nimble to stay on top of that and then there it is that's the whole formula be ready to change a lot and feed into this sort of uh selfishness (laughs) for lack of a better way to put it
1: yeah one thing that's i think tough for marketers to keep up with though is this younger generation they they expect a higher level of quality but they also want in large quantities like they want good content that has a lot of care and craft to it but all the time and so i mean big companies big brands big marketers can do that um but I've heard lots of even YouTubers and creators, they're recognizing this shift and it's hard for them to keep up because they want to keep their smaller audiences because as we've discussed, Gen Z has, there's so many different kinds of Gen Z. So you have to find that audience that's for you and how do you keep that small audience, but also keep up with the content that they want.
2: And just to top up on that, the other thing I read that kind of plays into that is that also the Gen Zs are also willing to pay a premium for whatever that experience or content is. So there was like a report from Franklin and Sons the soft drink like super fancy soft drink maker and, and stuff like that. And they found that Gen Z customers are four times as likely to spend and this is like a UK figure, but 15 pounds for a like drink in a bar that's like well made and something that they can turn into content for themselves. So like from a brand perspective, that idea of like quality seems to be across the spectrum, whether it's like content you're giving them or an experience you're giving them, that like if it's good quality, there should be the ability or desire to pay a premium for Mm -hmm. that.
1: I'm this I guess this is where I kind of teeter on the Gen Z side because I'm one of those people who, in terms of YouTube creators, like I support some who are on Patreon. So what I do is I, you know, I pay a monthly fee and then I get certain perks. I get certain content um, ahead of everyone else. I get to see some behind the scenes things. And this also feeds into that idea of, these aren't just creators who are, you know, on the other side of the world, like they're a friend. I get to connect with them live on Twitch. I've actually, I went to Bufferfest and I got to meet some of them and that was really cool. Um, So it's breaking this kind of wall between and using all these different platforms to one, create that trust with the consumers and two, like making it more of a back and forth rather than just here's what I want to make. If you like it, cool. If you don't, I don't care. It's not about that. It's let's do this together.
2: New segment alert, people. Bookmark it. Uh, we've got a new segment here on the podcast. Uh, this is something we like to call Respect the Hustle. So we're going to go around the, the round table that we've got today. And uh, anyone is welcome to come with a brand, a creator, an influencer, someone or something that you think's doing it right. Um, so an example is someone who's hustling out there in the goodest way possible. So we're going to lead it off here with Ivana.
1: Cool. So one thing that I wanted to bring to the table was because we were talking about the importance, especially for younger generations, but even like it's it's seeping into everyone really is that need for face-to-face and building that trust between the brand and the consumer. And so while some brands have recognized like, the power in, in influencers and are using influencers in their marketing, I also think that um, there are some celebrities who have recognized the importance of earning the trust of their audience in the same way that brands have because they are their own brand. Um, so two people who I respect their hustle, two celebrities is Chrissy Teigen and Will Smith. Um, I think that nowadays if a celebrity is not on social, then they're basically like falling off the map. Um, so Chrissy Teigen, as most of you guys know, is super uh, active on Twitter. She's unfiltered and, and super um, open with her fans. And then Will Smith has recently kind of began his own YouTube page um, where he does a bunch of really fun, high-quality content with his family and friends. Um, so I think these are two examples of people who have recognized that they can't no—they can no longer exist as this. Celebrity on the top of a pedestal. They have to make that connection with their fans to keep relevant um, and they're doing it, right?
3: Yeah, that Will Smith YouTube channel is actually like really good.
1: It's so much fun. Yeah,
3: and that's like high quality high quality stuff um, Do you guys know who Shane Dawson is?
2: Go fish
3: <laughs> How about Jake Paul? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, sadly So Jake Paul is that nuts YouTuber, 17 million subscribers. People hate Jake Paul, but a lot of people love him. Um, Shane Dawson is doing a documentary series on him, and Shane Dawson is like an old school YouTuber. I think he's been on the platform since like it started, but I respect Shane Dawson's hustle because he really capitalized on this whole like hating Jake Paul thing and started this docu-series called, I can't remember what it's called, The Mind of Jake Paul, and basically he's just exploring to see if Jay Paul truly is like a sociopath
0: <laughs>
3: but like I, th- I think the whole thing is stupid and like Shane Dawson isn't a psychiatrist so he has no idea the whole thing could be staged nobody knows but each video is getting about 20 million views each which is pretty impressive um, so I just I respect Shane Dawson for like kind of jumping on this opportunity to, to create these videos and just like he's probably monetizing the crap out of this thing and, and making a, a ton of money so I just thought it was really neat and like as like a 28 year old i truly do not care about either of these people but like for some reason i'm hooked
1: (laughs) i haven't i haven't watched the series yet but i've heard good things that he does a decent job of kind of like actually diving in and like apparently he he goes and talks to that team 10 that's like the name of the group with jake paul and his other friends um and like talk to their old agents to get like inside scoops and he's trying to he's trying to give i think an unbiased view, but it's definitely riding the bandwagon of uh, everybody hates him. Let's yeah, let's get sure. some money from this.
0: For sure. Okay, mine's a little bit different, and I do not want to delve into any sort of politics here, and especially because it's American politics, so it's not incredibly applicable to us, but Richard Linklater lent his name to a video that he created. I should say, uh, he created it, but I say lent his name because He directed it, apparently, but there's not much direction that's really needed. Um, It's a man basically uh, tearing down Ted Cruz. And it's pretty funny, but more to the point, it racked up a million views in 48 hours. And not because it's a Ted Cruz attack ad, but because Richard Linklater was involved. And for those of you who don't know who he is, he is the director of Dazed and Confused, Boyhood, um, Slacker, the, the Paris Trilogy. So he's kind of famous and a respected director. And a lot of people checked out that video that wouldn't have otherwise. And that is, I suppose, an influencer of some respect using his clout for his own or a lot of people's political gain.
2: And that's it very interesting and probably the most positive pick that nick's ever provided wow. on the podcast so congratulations nick it's very it's, it's it's amazing to watch you blossom
0: it's amazing the effect that lavender has on me <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh last what's interesting about some of the picks like will smith and Linkletter doing con- content is just yeah how much just from our earlier discussion on gen z and what drives them that the content is really driving all generations now. It's kind of interesting. The more things change, the more it's the same. My hustle is one that just is to expose my ridiculousness of things that I watch without any shame. But it's known in some circles that I'm a huge fan of of the Hallmark Channel and their (laughs) amazing uh, made-for-TV movie collections, especially around the holiday time. I respect the hustle of the Hallmark Channel because for 2018, they just announced yesterday or the day before that they're adding another movie to their holiday lineup for 2018, bringing the total number of new Christmas and holiday movies to 37 that they're launching. Uh, And the whole experience for them starts uh, in a couple weeks. They basically own Christmas starting third week of October. And they roll out the amazing amounts of movies that they're doing. One, I thought I would just call out because it's got an amazing title. And I'm sure we're all going to want to tune in. But it's called A Shoe Addict's Christmas. Wow. (laughs) I think they've hustled their way into discovering the secret of, of addictive mindless bingeable content and that netflix is really kind of um gonna step up their game slowly but surely based on that do we
0: have any idea of um what sort of profits they make on these uh, like quick turnaround movies they probably make them for like around a million dollars and then you know pump a- them out everybody's home for the holidays too so everybody's watching tv right it's that's a winning formula <laughs> Pride, Ring. Prejudice, and hustle. Mistletoe.
2: <laughs> the titles alone just make you want to watch them. So I think our side hustle, uh, Nick and Scott, is we need to write some of these um, stories. Less... And I had a new side hustle thinking last night that perhaps maybe what's missing from here, so they do Thanksgiving ones, they do like Easter ones, they do like you know the Christmas ones. What they're missing, sci-fi rom-coms. I don't know,
0: Jackson, you're the you're only uh, test subject right now. <laughs> Does anyone other than you want that?
2: I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a Venn diagram of people who are into sci-fi and people into rom-coms, and right in the middle is people that would watch a weekend of sci-fi-themed rom-coms on the Hallmark Channel.
0: Well, you're speaking to me, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> and that's Respect the Hustle.
0: Respect the Hustle.
2: Digital picks. digital picks. Oh, that new segment was amazing. Now we've got our favorite segment of all time, digital picks. Uh, we're gonna go around pick our favorite uh, digital things or little bit, bits and bobs from the interwebs. Mark, why don't you start us off?
3: Okay. So AI is now after my job. Um, Teleport HQ created this. AI camera device that essentially if you draw on a whiteboard if you draw wireframes for a website on a whiteboard It reads the whiteboard and starts coding a website for you in real time So you can essentially with this camera this ai camera draw a website on a wall And it will actually build it for you. So
2: doesn't that like keep your job, but eliminate the developer's job
3: and it would probably make my job a little bit easier yes yeah. it just feels you're, like one you're, st- you're cool man it just feels like one step closer to just getting rid of me <laughs>
2: but, i think the thing that it, the ideas are still important right so yeah of course like, so the the making of it coding things is exciting but like if you could just have it done like in a snap
3: i'm also assuming that the code it writes probably isn't very good and like is a developer's worst nightmare um i'm guessing it's essentially like what a WYSIWYG CMS uh, vomits out when it when it codes itself. Um, but yeah, it's it's very cool to watch it in a live demo, and we will link on our website.
2: Yeah, we should see what the developer team thinks about.
3: For sure. Terrific.
2: Maybe it'll be
0: a talk nerdy to me. Yeah. Article next.
2: Nick, are you ready now?
0: Yeah, I'm ready now. Okay. Uh, New York Presbyterian Hospital has created. A playlist on Spotify called Songs to Do CPR to. <laughs> it's all songs that are at 100 beats per minute, which correspond to your mm-hmm. pumps on a person's chest. And they include Beyonce and Jay Z's Crazy in Love, Shakira's Hips Don't Lie, and very appropriately, the BG's Gees' Staying Alive.
2: And Dancing Queen by ABBA. And Dancing Queen by ABBA. And
3: this playlist rules. Yeah. Nick, quick, have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, let's test it out. That's very funny. So like a campaign to like raise awareness? Is that kind of what it is or just like they just...
0: No, I think it's it. literally just like have it queued up on your Spotify in case you need to jump into action.
2: And then you just... I can see that viral video. Hold on, hold on. Let me get my playlist going. <laughs> Meanwhile, guys like writhing on the ground. Got it.
0: Yeah, no, actually, I think what you said is right, but <laughs> I'd like to picture it the other way.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. I like it. Again, like another positive, I don't, this Lavender is doing wonders. Yeah, now he's for saving me. lives. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so my digital pick is a, a, a commercial because I still watch TV, not like a Gen Z person. Uh, I watched a commercial last night for Progressive Insurance. Um, and basically it just kind of interplays kind of what a, J, a Gen Z kind of, kind of life is like. So we're going to play that now. Computer, order pizza. Of course, Daniel.
3: Fridge, weather.
2: Clear skies in 75. Trash can, turn on the TV.
3: My pleasure. Ice dispenser. Find me a dog sitter. OK. And make ice.
0: Pizza delivered. What's happened to my son?
1: I think that's just what people are like now. I mean, with Progressive, you can quote your insurance on just about any device, even on social media. i will be fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Willie? I don't know so i i just like the the idea like the they, they demonstrate the absurdity of your garbage can um talking to your tv uh your fridge getting you the weather your ice machine trying to find you a dog sitter it's kind of like the next stage of alexa and suri and again to that point that we had earlier in the show just about are people really interested in the real world that really paints a vivid picture there and then the irony is that like progressive subtly says that you can get your insurance by quoting it on social media which sounds as absurd a thing that why well, would like well, oh yes I'm just gonna go to the Twitter and find out what my insurance should cost like that to me still makes no sense like from a, a use like just go to the website now that we've done three quick picks, over to Ivana to bring us home mm-hmm.
1: Cool, okay, so I found this week in an article from Economist that there's a company called Human Longevity, and basically what they're doing is this group of scientists is taking sets of human genomes and feeding it through a machine learning tool that analyzes the data and then makes predictions from the genes on what the face will look like so basically they can take this algorithm and from any kind of genome so if they have like your dna essentially um they can generate images that would look like what the person would look like so they're saying that this would be really good use in like forensic science because if they could get you know a perpetrator's dna then they can essentially form what they what the suspect would look like um but what i think is really interesting is there was um a thought on like the privacy implications behind it and how some consider like genetic information to be private information and then it can't just be like used to create the face anyways I think it's fascinating because it goes the other way too like if you can take the genes to build what the face looks like you can also look at a face and determine like genetic um, abnormalities so there's this new app that apparently you can, like a doctor, can take a face of the patient and then send it for testing. And like, it can, it can decipher um, with an algorithm, like possible diseases just by looking at the face and it's insanity.
2: Wow. What would Dr. House do in that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Version Control, episode 34, The Shift in Social. If you like what you heard, don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes.